Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What a beautiful week to be on and to wish everyone a Gemar Chasim And I am still on a coming back on a huge high of yesterday's thon, radio thon that we had, where basically there was needed for JRU to continue donations, funds, and people have called up so nicely. And it was so special for me to hear all those kids that called up donating $5, the families donating $18, the families donating $25, families donating $36, families donated $180. If someone even donated a weekly, when I was listening, like a monthly of $72, the caring and the heart that everyone feels for J. Root is really appropriate. And as I told her, and I've had, so we've said, my top 10 of J. Root of what there is, how affected it is all over, the achdus that there is all over. It's something that is very, very special of J-Root, and it's really that nice of everyone calling up, stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank everyone for doing that. It was a big chizik for me, a chizik for Avnis, and a chizik for everyone that volunteers our time. And the way we affect so many people, we have that. It's so nice for people to share and for giving back. So I want to thank everyone for that. The number to call up and to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we are looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. Rav Nissen, what would you like to say? Uh, first of all, I want to thank all the people that participate in, in the Teleton, in the Radiothon, and uh, especially to uh, Rabbi Itzing Greenfield, and all the, you know, the Yuda, DJ Yuda, and uh, Yoli, and uh, Elchanan, and all the rest, uh, you know, the rest of you that uh, come and give you time and helping to raise the money, and the, the, definitely the listeners themselves. I want to say something very important that I know that somehow, uh, some uh, some rabbis, some uh, host that couldn't, you know, sa- couldn't make it, you know, in a certain way, and they, they really, really uh, um, apologize as a, for Rabbi Simcha Cohen that uh, unfortunately couldn't uh, make it, and we Rabbi Mayor and other hosts that uh, couldn't make it, uh, unfortunately, but they they really uh, was with us all the time, this in the spirit. And uh, we really uh, appreciate all the participation uh, that uh, the people uh, were was <coughs> together. So I just uh, want to thank you again. That uh, I, I I don't know I I don't that, you know the ten things that it's not me. It's you guys. The ten guys. The ten the ten things that you said. It's not about me. It's about really about all all of us. And uh, yes, uh, uh, you you have uh, some text if you want to to start with this. Yeah, but the only issue is I see is that this text you sent me it is a complicated, but they asked me please not to read it out loud. Okay. He wants we should contact them. So someone sent us a text over here to J Root, sharing with me a very complicated situation, and then it says I would appreciate if this wouldn't be out loud, but we should contact this person and give her advice. I'm sorry, but that's not how it works with this. This is an awareness program. And for really one-on-one advice, you need to reach out to a Rav, to a Rebetzin, to anyone in your kahila, to any adult that you feel safe discussing it with. But we, we don't have over here, it isn't a sort of a helpline, you know, where you can just call and you'll get guidance. Maybe I would make a recommendation. I don't know um, how their policy works. But in Lakewood, there's an organization called Regesh, which they've got about three or four hours a day where they have separate line for teenage boys and a separate line for teenage girls, where they have machancham that will answer, machaneches that answer the phones and just to give guidance. They have no caller ID. And um, it's beautiful that they have something like that. It's called Regesh. I don't have the number offhand, but there's something like where at least you can open up to if you'd like to speak to someone. But this is an awareness based where people actually will call and say their questions. So again, my heart goes out to you and it is a serious situation. Please search, reach out for help. We are going to go to Mrs. S. Mrs. S, you're on the air with me and her of Nissen. Hello. Yes. Thanks so much for everything you do. Uh, here's my question. Um, I have a close family member who has a son in his early teens 
who has been having some um, issues, social issues and um, other problems also. Um, someone diagnosed him with Asperger's. I'm not sure how accurate that diagnosis was, but the fact that someone thought he might have Asperger's um, might help you understand what kind of boy this is. Now, um, as of the past about six months, he has uh, got it. His, his relationship with his parents is um, very poor, and they're looking to place him in a different environment for about a year. Now, we are a young couple, and we might, um, we're thinking if we should take it upon ourselves to host this boy for uh, about a year. So my, I have two questions. My first one is, can we help if we're not his parents? And so the second I, question I is, if, is it... One bit of information, just to understand, what age kid are you talking about? Are you talking about a 6, 7, you're talking about a 13, teens. 14? Yes, yes. Yes to which one? Yes to 14. Yes to roughly the age of 14. Yes. Okay. So now let's understand. So it's a family member that you would be taking in a 14-year-old child, boy or girl, mm -hmm. not sure which one it is, doesn't matter. Well, mm -hmm. So we can even keep it private. And there's a possibility there that they were, let's say, diagnosed with Asperger's. Mm -hmm. um, quick question, why can't they be in the house? Why can't he's not getting child... along with his parents. At this point, he's blaming them for his problems. He's not talking to them. Okay. He's it. doing what's called the Yiddish blues. For a while. Yeah, I know. It, yes, yes. So what yes. blues is someone that, okay. Now, let me ask you an interesting question. Are the parents in therapy at all? No. No. Okay, no. so let's hear your they, questions, and then I want to hear what Rev. Nissen has to say about it. And then I'll share with you my thoughts, because, again, we're not giving real evaluations. We're not doing real diagnosis. We're just sharing some ideas. So what... What, what are your two questions? Number one is what? If you can help him if you're not his parents? Yeah, because someone we spoke to said if we are not his parents, it's only a two out of ten chance that we can help the situation, and that's discouraging. If it's only that low, maybe I don't we even understand. Do it. Why would someone say that? Like, what? Did they give you a because reason why? Because he felt why? that his main problem is his, is his poor relationship with his parents. And if that's okay, not so that's resolved, point one. Okay, good. I'll share the other with you question my is. Okay, well, I'll share with you my thoughts and opinion on question one. Good. What is question two? Let me just hear both questions this way. Okay, the other question is if it's the right thing to do for me, because we are a young couple, and it sounds like a big thing to take it upon ourselves. Okay. Rob Nissen, what do you say about this question? Uh, uh, Rob uh, Mordechai, please, if you can repeat the situation, because I was sure. on, on the Sure. The situation is this is a young lady calling up. She's newly married. They have a relative that... The parents have issues with a son. They're saying the son might be Asperger's. Asperger's is the highest level of autism on the spectrum. That means when you look at them, you cannot tell on the outside anything. They can learn. They can, do very, they can be very successful in areas. They're off socially. Sometimes they're missing some executive functioning. means there's just, they're just not getting some concepts that's simple to get. And... You could tell sometimes, sometimes it's their walk is off, but when you speak to them in each private, like in each separate issue, they're smart, but when you got to put everything together, there's just something off. So now the question is, this kid is roughly 14. We're not going to if it's a boy or a girl, whatever it is, we'll keep confidential. Not, not talking to the parents for a while. So now the question is, if this couple should take them in, should take in this child. For one, and there she has two questions. Number one, she was told by someone told her that if he doesn't get along with the parents, there's only a two out of a 20% chance, two out of 10 chance that for the kid to get better because they are not the parent. And number two is she's saying she's a young couple. Does it make sense to take in such a kid? What's your thoughts? Uh, first um, of uh, yeah, first of all, the, the, uh, I don't understand the, 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 the situation because is the parents taking him out of the house? Uh, yes. Air, what? Yes, because we live in a different town. No, no. So the, this person, the kid, is, is out of the house of these parents? Right now he's with them, but they're looking to place him somewhere else, um, maybe a better environment. Uh, the question, what is, is, are the parents okay? My question now is... Okay oh, with... Ding, I, ding, ding. No, no. Okay, no, no. He's asking good. Say it again, Rav Nissen. I love that question. Are the parents are really uh, a solid, I would say, in a mental situation right now? 
Are the parents healthy emotionally? I could only, is just the kid the issue, or there are issues with the parents too? So I'm not exactly sure. I could tell you two things. Number one, this is one child of a large family, and all the others are fine. This is the only problem child. The other one is that they did take him to some kind of therapist, and that therapist told them that it's all about his relationship with them. And ever since he said that, they didn't return and didn't want to do anything about it anymore. So obviously they didn't want to take responsibility that it might be them. I just it sounds okay. It sounds like it sounds very very uh, strange. First of all, as as a parent, I don't think that uh, you just take out the kids because don't take responsibility. God no, no, I'm sorry. No. Okay, so once the the therapist explained to them that it's because of his poor relationship with them that he has all these social issues and problems and complex. They, they, I guess it sounds too much, too daunting, formidable for them to go for therapy or whatever it was that accepting this would mean to them. Uh, I, I, look I, again. Uh, I, 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 I bring again the the, the ball to the the parent side because a 14 years kid, he need the parents. He need the, he need a, a, a healthy mental parents that can you know give him give give him give her. The, the the love the need and you know what it's I don't see any parents today in our 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 generation that don't have any issue with a teenage boys or girls ever you know I don't see it we all have teenage boys and girls you know and we, we all will have you know hopefully you have soon teenage boys or girls and you see okay. that it's not easy to deal with teenage boys time I don't know what the diagnostic of this person the kid uh, what kind of uh, you know tag they put on it on him his kid need maybe this kid is, is, is a unique unbelievable talent person that need, it might be but nobody sees it he really doesn't okay. so, shine uh, because okay. because okay so this this is the issue here issue is that now as a, as a young couple, that I, I'm jumping to the other question. Good, go ahead. I'm good. going to the, jump yeah. out because as a young couple, I wouldn't put a 14 years old person in your house, with all the respect. You know, I, I know that it's 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 unbelievable a uh, nefesh uh, to put over there, but I don't think in a 14 years old person can be in in a house of a young couple. Um, Mr. Weinberger said we are newlywed, so let me just correct that. We are married for a few years, and we have children. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. We are in our early 20s. It's still, okay. I think it's okay. still, it's still. And what would you say? To, I know I'm going to actually mirror. Good. So let me share with you my little two thoughts on the matter, and I'm going to almost agree with everything that Nissen said, so I'm going to be repeating a lot of what he said. Number one. People, children with Asperger's, I want to say something very clear, are healthy, wonderful, functioning kids in family. I've worked on many of them, which means we've dealt with certain issues. We've dealt with the parents. Sometimes I had to diagnose it or sent it to be diagnosed. And these kids are getting along. Sometimes they are having behavioral issues, which many times can need medication, which that's not happening. Many times, it's the parents that need the guidance. And in fact, right now, the most number one therapy that everyone is jumping about and talking about is about um, is ABA. ABA is Applied Behavioral Therapy, and it's meant and it's going for people on the spectrum, and it's off the charts how every single organization is trying to do that for whatever reason. So understanding that getting guidance how to deal with this child is something that the parents need. And if parents are not learning how to deal with it, it means he might have Asperger's, but dealing with a kid like that needs a special education. It means the parents need to be educated on how to deal with it. And by them not getting it um, will tremendously affect the kid. That Now the kid has to be out of the house instead of the parents getting the guidance. Now let's go to question number one. If a kid is not in the house with the parents, and it will only help two out of ten kids. Absolutely not. That's what all the teens at risk schools are doing. And when you take the kid out of the environment, when many times it could be friends or many times it could be emotional issues going on at home, 
these kids turn around. Unfortunately, the difficulties for these children are, these teenagers are, when they go back to their environment, back to the parents' house where the parents are stressful, back to the environment where the parents are giving them too much instead of setting boundaries, or back to the environment where they've got their kids off the streets that's holding them back, or back again to the environment where we're very judging in our societies, unfortunately, on how we look on the outside, and that they're starting to feel looked at, or people have a need to give comments to someone of what changed, why are you wearing this, or why are you wearing that. Baruch Hashem, we're so much better. But we still have a lot of that where the children fall back. So let me first of all explain to you that the number one belief in therapy is that, of course, you change the person's environment, you give them therapy, you teach the person skills and tools, and then once they leave the, the therapist's office after 45 minutes, after a couple of sessions, you expect them to actually change in the house, in all, of the, in all other areas. So I will disagree with that number that if you change a kid's environment, that only 2 out of 10 children, only 20% will get better. Absolutely not. So you change a buck or a girl, they go to high school, they go to, to Masiftas, they, they dorm. You see a change in those kids, especially if the parents are part of the issue. Uh, now let's go to the second part. You're a young couple. Let me just share, just for you to get an idea. This kid is 14 years old. If he's got a diagnosis or not is, one, is a separate issue. Let's just take, take it if this is a regular. What are the chances that you're going to have now a 14-year-old, let's say, I, let's go to, I hope for your sake it's a girl. Now let me explain to you why. Because if it's a boy, you're getting into difficulties with Yichud's problems. Which it means is a boy. If, what? It is a boy. So you first have to work out with the Rav what you're going to be doing about Yichud. Because what happens if this kid does not want to go to Yeshiva one day? What happens if this kid's going to start throwing some fits? Are you going to be there with your husband? Are you, how are you going to deal with it? Now, at the same time, I still want you to know, you speak to a Rav. It's not that it's us, sir. I, spoke to, I, I met last year, I was touched. Someone came in from Eretz Yisrael, a hush of a, a, a hush of a, let's call it at least a, a maggot shear, but close to a Rosh Hashiva. And I was in shul, and somehow we're talking about adopting. He said, yeah, he said his wife was a seminary teacher, and there was a girl in one of the younger schools they were talking that for whatever reason the parents couldn't handle, the parents had emotional issues, and they had to divide the family, and they adopted a girl at a younger age, over the age of 12, 13, and they asked, what about the Hilchus Yichus? And they said, to do the best that you could, but if we wouldn't adopt family, this is a heta from Shalman, that they were very Someone Orbach said, yes, you definitely adopt, you definitely take in. You try to separate the boys and the girls and all that stuff, but there's a house going on. It means if there's a, if what happens, like you said, how could you ever adopt this girl? What happens if there's just one boy alone? So, so you watch the Hosea, you keep the doors open, unlocked, but it's still run like a house. So what I'm saying is you need to find out the halachas, first of all, how to do it, eight. Step okay, two thank is, you. I didn't think about it. Okay, good. Step two is you want to find out how safe he is means, are you going to be alone with him? How is he going to handle little kids crying? So safety means, will he get good. nervous? Will he get upset? Is he able to get out of bed? What happens if he doesn't go to bed? What are you going to do that day? Oh, sorry, if he doesn't get out of bed. What happens if he's going to stop losing? Are you ready to take a child, a, a teenager, that's got emotional issues that wasn't worked out, that you now need to start doing that? So realize, it's a lot of time. I don't want to convince you out of it. We have now amazing organizations, Renewal, people are donating their kidneys. It's off the charts amazing. What a schuss. You've got to be able to do it. And I, spoke, I know two people, actually three people, donated and they said it's the best thing in the world. They, can't, they couldn't wait to do it. And honestly to me, I can't imagine doing it. And people tell me, how could you do therapy? I can't imagine hearing what you hear. And they're right. And I go, wow, this I can handle. So you just need to know, is this a mitzvah that you can handle, that you're strong enough, if he doesn't want to behave, what happens if he needs a lot more attention and you're not able to give it to your younger kids? How is your marriage? Will you have a night off or two nights when he won't be there so you can just have time talking to your husband? Will you have Shabbosimov? Won't you? There's a lot that needs to be discussed or evaluated when you're going to do something like that. Right. That's why I called. I wanted to hear some of these Thoughts, so I can sure, write so a lot of down. these thoughts are, imagine this kid even opens up to you and starts feeling safe, and then he gets jealous of your husband. And when your husband comes home, he can't talk to you. Yeah. This is normal. This is not a problem. Therapists have that. I've got with clients, 
I've got several clients that tell me, you know, every time you go on the radio, we feel jealous like other people are sharing. Are, are, like we, I know we get you sometimes 101 in the center and things like that, but we're jealous that other people get to speak to you and we can't as many times as we want or whatever it should be. That's part of the therapy process. We educate them. It's okay. You're allowed to have these feelings. But, and that's where they start learning that a parent can have more love, more than just one or, or two people. Because he never learned that lesson. Sometimes kids, when they're raised in a family that's not that emotional healthy, it's the parents would have one favorite kid and not others. Or the father or mother don't always like each other. So then there's a feeling which each one likes a different kid. And they don't learn how they weren't taught that there can be a care between a husband and a wife. There's a care that each parent loves each kid. I don't want to use the word the same, differently but the same. It means with this kid... You have this type of connection with that kid. You have another connection. You love them the same, but the connection is different, and you need to teach this kid a lot of behaviors, healthy behaviors, but that's weeks and months of being a full-time therapist. That's what Askanen do. And I'm not telling you not to do it. Just be aware of what's happening. Try spending a half hour with him or two hours with this, with this teenager, maybe four or five times before you actually bring him into your house. Imagine you take him after two, three days. I can't handle this guy. And then you have to send him back, and then the family, then it gets to be a whole, everything going on. We're dealing with the person's neshama. We're dealing with the person. Is he healthy enough to fit into a healthy, to a normal environment? means, again, will he go to yeshiva in the morning? Will he go to sleep on time? What are you getting into the first couple of months? Maybe now Sukkot's time is the best time to do it because there's now no structure, so he'll be around you. But then after two, three weeks, he's comfortable with the family. Then he'll start yeshiva. Maybe the other way is better for you, that start off when he's in yeshiva, so he leaves from 9 in the morning, and he comes home at 6 o'clock, so at least you have your time off, you have time with your younger kids, and then when he comes home, you'll have time for him. Each of these things need to be discussed, need to be discussed, you and your husband, and, and figured out, but also spend time with him. We did host him for one Shabbos, and he went home really on a high, he got tons of attention, Excellent. You see, that was done very well. Brilliant idea to host him for a Shabbos. How did you leave? See, he left on a high. How did you leave? Also, because I felt so good giving. Really, I should have said that, that I feel that I want to do it because I want to give. I feel it's a a challenge. I'll take it upon myself, and I'll just give it my all without expecting anything in return or even anyone to know about it. And also because it's a family member, and we love him, and we care for him, and we want to see this child who is really really suffering. Great. So now... It sounds like it's made. What's your husband's opinion on this? It might be your side of the family. So what is he saying? No, it's his side of the family. Okay, then you're a double Tadekis. And he's also on the same page. He's also thinking, you know, maybe we we should do this. And he encouraged me to call in. Yeah, he encouraged me to call in and get some Great. I would even ask if the family has got money, if the family can get together some money, and actually for you to get real advice means several things. A, to get him professionally evaluated, because if he's Asperger's, although they don't have now Asperger's a term, but let's go, it's okay. But let's not go with it. Let's assume it's Asperger's just to find out if he is diagnosed or not. And then if he is, then to speak to people that have license or experience in ABA, that's the therapy, that's mostly what they do. It's very behavior. Do this. You learn how to speak to them in more terms of doing and action, less explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was really, really helpful. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yes, and I want you to know there can be no greater, I shouldn't say no greater, as if I should say, the schos that you have going into Yom Hadin, or we should call it more of Yom Kippur, or the Yom of Kapara, of saying I am willing to take in a person that might be going through so many difficulties in the future of his life and giving him a year of stability can change everything that maybe he won't go back to his parents' house, but maybe he will be able to go to a different family member house because he'll be able to function and be healthy and learn how to work things out and learn how to, to express the things that are bothering him. Mordechai, yeah. let me just jump uh, over. I, just, I want to ask about what are the other sibling of this boy? Because it's very important that uh, it seems like if they have money, I would re- really recommend it to all the family to go to a few sessions of therapist or, or group therapy to start to see other stuff. You know, I think that first of all, if he's diagnosed what in the same way, what, what do you call the diagnostic? They say, yeah. The, 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 uh, if, if he's really, so first of all, you need to find the right 
מסגרת, the right system, the right school, the right... אהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
and that the therapist is really giving them a lot of sympathy, but they're not growing out of it. Right, and then so like Bubba said, one more thing, like, and also over, like, 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 over, like, what, like, how not to overstep my bands. Let me just address a second with the yeah. therapist part, just for you to understand, okay. and I do that with clients, and it's important for the family members. I, I really appreciate this question for people to understand. There's, this is a question that a therapist has got to think about. When we see a client, what's our job? Which means, let me give you an example. Let's assume your friend has got, never had anyone to open up to, who to speak to, and there are issues with their parents, and they're married now, and issues with the kids, and issues with the husband, and issues with friends. A therapist, if we're going to start telling them, do this, do that, and do the third thing, you're going to lose the client. They can't. What's right. needed, number one, is eight, to build a therapeutic alliance for the client to feel understood. Second step is, what is the capabilities of this client? How emotionally can they handle doing any changes? How broken are they? Sometimes clients need, means there are diagnoses that we discuss a lot, unfortunately, with personality disorders, where they're very tough. There are different levels in personality disorders, but some personality disorders need three to four years of therapy twice a week and a group therapy once a week because that's what they need. It means certain illnesses need certain, need certain refuas. This person might be so broken right now when they're going to the therapist that the therapist is aware we're not making changes for six months. You've never had the opportunity to speak about the pains. You've never had the opportunity to get the validation. You've buried it so much. We just need to find out what else is happening. So imagine someone's reading a recipe book where there are ten parts of the recipe. You decide to take the first piece, first recipe, the first, uh, let's say, ingredient and the last ingredient of the recipe. Now you want to have a bake a cake baked. It's not going to work. Therapy is about taking each ingredient, and unfortunately, in our firm world, which I thank her of Nissen, that we're making a change through this program and through all the articles that's being written in the newspapers and the magazines, we're now going to therapy earlier on, and we're starting with our kids when the, when the problems are starting. But I've seen cases where I go, Rabbi this is a four to six year, or sometimes even to ten year process. This is generations. A person's 40 or 50 years old, there's several generations that the whole community knows these are problem families. We've got to start from A to Z. So that's why you want to make sure you're going to a therapist that you trust, that you can discuss with them what is your plan of action. Are you doing now therapy of movement? Are you first connecting the therapeutic alliance? And sometimes there's a therapy that's called a crisis intervention, the crisis ther- therapy, where you're basically dealing with problems hands-on. You're not even dealing with inner stuff. So it's a therapist that needs to uh, do the evaluation where they're at and therapists that are know where they're good at. So I can tell you very clearly, our center is not good with people like that. We are not good with holding your hand and letting you fetch, not because we're not good, because I lead the center, and I'm not good with that energy. I need movement. But there are clients that need it, and I tell them when I do the evaluation, right now you need to understand your emotions. You need someone to support you. You've got no one there for you. You first need a therapist, and if it's a man, I tell him you need a male therapist. If it's a woman, you need a, a female therapist. So you understand there what? are some people that need months of talking before you can even do therapy because they never got understanding of validation from anyone in their family. First of all, listen, what do you say to this, to this concept? Uh, the con- I tell you the concept, I look from the construction side, you know. Yeah, thank you. Sometimes you see a crack in a wall. And people, some come, just put compound, just something to smear it off. And they don't realize that all the foundation is cracked and you can just, all the house can collapse. So this That's is right. A, it's, it cannot, you cannot go evaluate something that you see uh, on the surface. Nobody has an extra eyes and see deep to their to the soul or to the building unless you open the wall and you just see what is all about uh, fixing up. You know, so many times you're getting to a job and you think, okay, uh, it's uh, it's nothing. You just put in, and, you, and then you open the wall and see everything is rotting in, inside, and you have to replace everything. This is exactly the same situation. Exactly. So what I'm what my recommendation to you is, since I don't know, since you don't know, I I love this muscle. It's like it's an exact analogy to what we're talking about. Is you need to contact the therapist, have the client contact the therapist, and say, I'm coming to you for six months. What's happening? And clients know that I'm very direct with them. I tell them, look, you're coming in with a severe problem. Or we're trying things and nothing is working. Maybe we try someone else. So Mm -hmm. we assume therapists are not 
codependent, are not enablers, that they don't want clients to just change. I want to go with that Hanukkah. Everyone will have something against the therapist, but let's go with the assumption that therapists are professional. They don't want to take money of someone unless they're feeling that they're helping them. So you're saying, like, if this person feels like they're still, like, drowning, like, they should, like, be direct with their therapist and talk about them? Of course. We've got, uh-huh. in fact, I, I don't know, like, people go, they're embarrassed telling it to their therapist. I get that all the time. In fact, because I speak about it, there's got to be changes. I got clients after the second session. Why am I not done yet? And I'll, I have to deal with that, slow down your expectations. So I don't know that clients are really afraid of asking the therapist. From my point of view, for me, the therapist, I have people that are telling me all the time, why aren't we moving fast enough? I go, you're going unbelievably fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if this person is still, still feeling like they're drowning, you're saying like they might just need that, like, Whatever, they like might be stuck. The bottom, like, let's assume this person bottom, has never like got an emotional level. Let's go, let's go back to Rav Nissen's analogy. There's a, I just see a crack on the wall. What's the problem? But the therapist is saying, oh, who do you speak to your emotions? No one. What happens when you speak to the parents? They tell me, just get on. What happens when you speak to your husband? Oh, my husband's never really home. Who do you get emotional caring from? Oh, my 10-year-old daughter. I tell her all my problems. Most of you see, oh, very. She's just done the classic of triangulation in therapy where a parent emotionally like marries one of the children, like they share with them mm-hmm. everything and the child becomes like the spouse, and they discuss all those problems, which is very unhealthy. We call it triangulation in therapy. And now we've got to get this woman, talk to me, don't talk to your daughter, Find, try to make healthy connections, and we're just doing that because this person's got no healthy place to speak to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just sharing with you, so this, make, I, and, and might be, by the way, the other way, maybe this therapist really isn't good. Maybe it's someone that's not licensed. Maybe it's someone that's licensed that's not even, that stopped getting supervision, and this is also not good, where they don't discuss their cases with other therapists. And mm-hmm. I, I have a team, and all, uh, every therapist on the team, we're team members. I might lead a team, but I ask them all the time. I had this and this thing. My thoughts are going this and this. What do you suggest? I listen to opinions. Sometimes I have them involved. I sit in the sessions and we work on this, the issue together. Some therapists don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to attack others, but I just need us to be aware that maybe the therapist isn't good, but discuss it with them. We want to go with the understanding that the therapist knows what they're doing. Okay, thank you. So that takes care of the therapy side. Um, can we talk now, like me as a friend, like what's, what's my role? Like if I, know this, I want you to answer that stress. one as well. What's her role as a friend? So this lady's going to a therapist for six months. Yes. So go, let's go back to that muscle with the, with, the, with the construction. What would you do if someone's not in construction? There's a house that's got a, a, house has got a, a crack. They're going to someone that's officially professional that, that's dealing with it. What should the friend do? What's her? She's, she's asking, what should she do? The, uh, the, ma- the major thing is basically word trust and see uh, if, if they see something, you know, uh, if it's giving some uh, progress. If she if she feels trusted the therapist, if she doesn't feel trust in the therapist, it means that we'd never achieve nothing. I would say, right? You the therapist, Mordechai. Yeah. I yeah. think when when it's like the same like, like you're starting. I know we're starting the project, and suddenly you discover something that you don't, you didn't see it in the in the job that the, the BIMC crooked BIMC is rotten, and now. The person can. The, right. So what? Do you, yeah. So what do you think is the is your situation? Like Rav Nissen saying. So what would you say is your role there? So I don't. I don't know because like she is talking to a therapist. Like it's a younger friend, so it's like kind of like, like sort of like I'm not like I don't want to get involved. Like I like certain things I won't touch, and I've told her like straight up like I'm not going to touch that. That's like not my place. But like I don't know. Maybe she needs like that trust built, like you're saying. Like maybe I should listen to her. Maybe I should not listen to her. Maybe that's enabling. I don't know. That's like that's really what I'm asking. Well, ask the therapist. I don't know. I don't know. You're asking now a yes and no. We don't do a yes no. We could create an awareness. Mm-hmm. So the awareness so is yes. It might be enabling. Yes, it might be helping. You're saying it's case dependent. Yeah. Every time it's case-dependent. And even in a case-dependent, it depends when in the therapy process. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes a therapy process where I tell a client, you could call us, please call us if you need physics for the next three, four days because you're going through a difficult time. And then there are times we'll say, okay, now you've got to be on your own. So there's a time when you do this, a time when you do that. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Um, can I ask? Can I ask Hold on, let's just announce the number because yeah. we've had several people call and they hung up because it took us a while to get to them. So let's just announce the number again, and we'll try to we'll we'll try to get to you quicker. Number seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. Okay, go ahead, and okay, let's so go. We'll take your questions, and when the next call has come, we're gonna you know we'll just sort of try to shorten it because we want to get more people. Okay, no more. I think. It's- I think it's going to be a pretty short question. Um, basically, I'm, I'm learning through your work with a friend, and we're really enjoying it. By the way, you can't see it, so I'm just telling you. Thank you for that. Um, okay. Um, just one thing that, like, one common theme that keeps coming up that we're having a little bit of trouble with is, like, you keep talking about comparing. So, um, like, like Put some more words compa- in that when I say I talk about comparing. I talk about you should be comparing to others. Should not be comparing. Should not be comparing. That's right. But, but, but hold on. What's the but? Because when I write that, I remember being at several, both the ghostwriter that I worked with and Artscroll when they were editing. What was the other part that I always write when we talk about not comparing? But if you don't compare, what can happen to you? Um, I don't know. We're not so deep in tent, but I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Fine. So we need the balance. It means if you don't, if you don't compare to others, you're going to be completely lost. You're going to be completely on your own, and you're going to be different. So there's got to be a healthy mm-hmm. balance of in anili mili shani money. So you can, if I don't have myself, at the same time with others, you need to be able to fit in with others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but like. But like okay, a few specific things like might like there are like situations where people who are better and like um like let's say you wrote like an example like if um like it could be like someone's a better parent but not to your kid. So like let's say I know someone who's being fostered now and she's doing like so much better in every way. Um like whatever, like when I say there is better and worse and also um you wrote like something like our best person is doing the best, really the world what the world values is is the best. Not, not like doing your best. Like, how do you? Could you clarify those two points? Sure. Just because the world values the best, but um, doesn't. Hold on. That was that sentence isn't correct. The world values people that are happy within themselves. That's rule number one. Let's get that straight. Those that are weak value those that are the best. Recognize mm-hmm. what I just said. The weak people follow the masses. Those that are smart and intelligent follow those that have quality. And when you have an inner self-esteem, you're able to look at people of quality. The lower the self-esteem, the more you're following, because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's recognize. And those worlds, those head guys that follow everything or start the whole thing, they're usually happy to do whatever they want. So let's, let's take, go a minute to design. Let's assume someone wears a certain company. Everyone wears that. Then one of the top people that have self-esteem will change to something else, and then others go, oh, wow, they have it, and no one has it yet, and usually it will be expensive or it will be something different. Wow, I'll copy them. But do you know what inner self-esteem it takes the first one to wear that? So recognize the leaders are always the ones that have the inner self-esteem, and then the, the regular ones just follow. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I'm saying the world, like, if you look around, like, really, like, the perfect system, like, that's what people, whatever. Like, continue reading at, the book, because you're going to be more aware that it's not true. There okay. is no perfect I'm, system, and those that make the system always understand that to every system there's a time to be balanced. And the more I'm doing this field in the therapy, I could speak to Rabbanim and to Gedal, the more flexible I see that each system is in its right way, in its way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. And we are going to go down. to Mrs. K. Mrs. K. On with Mordechai and her Avnissen again. The number to call for those that would still like is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. Hello, Ms. K. Mrs. K. Hi. Is it possible to speak more into the phone? Well, I All right. This is the best you? that I can do right now. I'm sorry. And the recordings, uh, the recordings are able to hear it clearly, but sometimes a listener has a difficulty. The caller. Mm-hmm. I, I really... K, 
Can you are you calling from a landline? No. No, so maybe call back from a landline. I don't have a landline. Okay. okay. So the number so thank you for calling. I appreciate it then. The number to call up is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight and we are looking forward to taking your question or your comment. So this is shall we read the text message that the person just sent? Rabbi Nissen, yeah. all right, so the question is as follows that he sent me. Rabbi Nissen, please ask Mordechai this Yom Kippur question. My son is 10 years old and is upset from his Rebbe of two grades ago, who hit him a few times for no reason. He said he is not going to emoichel him this Yom Kippur, and obviously not the previous ones. What should I answer him? Well, number one, let's understand what's happening here. Your son got hit by a Rebbe, and he's not Michael him. When people can't be Michael someone, what that means is that means that they don't feel safe now. So my question to you is as follows. What did you as parents do? Did you tell this kid it's not right, what the Rebbe did to you? Did you go down to the Rebbe and say, stop hitting my son? Did you take your son, did you go down with your son to the Rebbe and say how upset it is? Next step. What happens if you would even be telling your son now, that come, let's go down to the Rebbe, or I'm going to speak to the Rebbe and have him ask you, Mechila, when a person takes ownership and apologizes for what they did, that will change the kid's feelings as well, that someone is going to do those steps. These are just the short versions, uh, short version of what to do when someone still has a grudge about someone for years past. We are going to Mr. A. You're on the air of Nissen. Hello, how are you? Yes, Baruch Hashem, fantastic. I just would like to thank you very much for coming on. It makes a lot of people very happy, and uh, we actually are learning a lot as we go along. But uh, there's a 10-year-old child that is um, having a problem with uh, making accidents in his pants. And uh, the doctors say that all behavioral issues. Yeah. Can you advise, because it's not really helping, can you advise what we can do? Okay, so the issue is that there's a 10-year-old boy that he is having, it's called enuresis, enchoresis, where the kid is not able to control his bladder. Now, there are many, yeah. many issues that go on when something like this happens. So let's start with several issues, why you need a real evaluation. Number one, there could be a sensory issue where this kid is not feeling and not aware of his body. Therefore, the only let me, time... Let me, so let, me, let me talk to you a minute. Go ahead. We, we, have, we have gone through um, doctors and, uh, um, and they said it's all behavioral issues. Now, when you say doctors, okay. are you talking about medical doctors? Are you talking about now physical, th- occupational therapists, and you're talking about emotional therapists? They're very different. A medical doctor will not, very likely not know much about sensory. They're, what they're saying is that it's not a medical condition, that there isn't something wrong with the machinery. But there could be mm-hmm. other things wrong, more on the emotional level, and that is where it could be a sensory issue. So did the medical doctor say, so they're using a fancy word, saying behavioral means now you need a therapist. Now you're speaking to a therapist. So in therapy, there are many issues that can be involved. So my question to you is, again, the therapist, the doctor that told you, was it just a regular medical doctor that said it's a medical issue, or was it already a Ph.D., an emotional doctor, or an LCSW, or that has experience with this that told that to you? Can you explain that? No, it it was a... Uh, what's that doctor called? Not a urologist. Uh... Oh, a urologist usually deals with these things. Okay. Okay. He went to so... urologist and he went also to a uh, no. All right. So uh... let let's let me just give you information. Remember, this isn't. We're not telling you exactly what to do here because every case needs to have an evaluation. So let's just start with one of the things. Let me just give you some ideas that can be going on. Number one, um, number one, you want to find out if there's a sensory issue. So you want to start getting him to an emotional therapist or 
that to realize if there's a sensory issue with the bathroom means, just to understand it to you, just like a car has got a tank where it goes full when you fill up the gas, and then it goes three quarters, and you can see when it's half and when it's a quarter, and then when it goes to the lower level, then also like a light lights up. That's what each of us adults have in children. Once they're about two years old and they learn how to use the bathroom, they're able to say, oh, I need the bathroom now, and we're able to realize when it gets really bad, you need to go. Children, when they're learning that, don't know that always, and therefore they have accidents. We're expecting adults, as we get older, to be able to recognize that. However, when someone's got a sensory issue, means their body is way too sensitive, then all of a sudden they could be running to the bathroom a lot more times. It's not OCD. And what they need to learn is that just because your body, this now, let's say, is a half full, doesn't mean you go yet to the bathroom. You wait till you need more. And that's what you teach someone that's got a sensory issue with a too sensitive. The same thing when someone is not sensitive and means their body is completely full, and now they've got to go to the bathroom, but they didn't get the warning sign. It didn't go on, so that's where a sensory therapy mm-hmm. therapist would give them exercises that you see when you just had an accident, now realize this means your body is full. Let's recognize when it's a little earlier. And there are other exercises that they might practice with them. That's if there's a sensory issue. Now, it could even be a behavioral issue, as we said, which let me first start the other way. Many times when children have got this issue of having accidents, it's a sign of a control issue. That means one of the parents could be always on top of them, do this, do that. And unfortunately, like other diagnoses, where children, because they want to have their own autonomy, means they want to feel that their own person, if someone is too much on top of them, then they will show, do you know what's the control that I have over myself that you cannot control me no matter what? You can control the way I eat, and that's sometimes a large part of the core of underlying of eating disorders or when they have a parent that is very dominating, controlling, or that's many times some of the issues when there is a using the bathroom issue, where that is something you can't tell me what to do, and what happens is the parent starts yelling at them more, sometimes the parents would embarrass them more, sometimes the parents will beg more, and they don't realize that actually what they need to do is let go. So a second issue that can be happening when someone's got this issue is you try to identify, is there a controlling parent or a parent that's got an emotional disorder Mm -hmm. in the house? Then there's a third issue. Maybe there's something going on in the school bathroom. means I know sometimes the kids didn't want to go, or if it was boys especially, were between the bathroom stalls, they didn't have a good door, or there were holes there. And the kids were embarrassed to go. Some kids are more sensitive, some kids are less sensitive. But that's why they didn't want to go. I knew different stories where kids would go and they're afraid because some of the bullies would either go boo or close the light, and they're afraid what's going to happen. So then once they got used to not using the bathroom, they had a difficulty. There can be many other issues going on that needs an evaluation as to why the kid is this way. Do any of the three reasons that I've said make sense to you? Yes, definitely. Which one of the three, if you'd like to share, do you think can be part of the issue? It could be a controlling. Yeah. And controlling, and I would tell you it's very important to work on that early because that gets worse in their behavior when they get older. So when there's a parent that is in control, and this kid's only way to gain control over their selves is to control their body in a negative way because when kids have accidents, what we do know is, especially at 10 years old, other boys or girls will be making fun of them. You smell, you stink, even when they don't. And when they go to camp, they could be done a year that they're dry, and some kids can go, oh, you stink, you always stink, or whatever comments they make. It could be stuck with that, and which then and continues the negative behavior of, I'll show you, I can do whatever I want, I don't care. And again, the kid needs to be in therapy, and as I have the policy that I always say all the time, you need the parents in therapy. Rav Nissen, what what are your thoughts on the matter? Uh, you said everything, you know, just uh, to remind you, you're talking about the gas in the car, you know. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I have a card, old car, that the sensor mm-hmm. doesn't show exactly how, how empty is the tank, you know. <laughs> Some, so sometimes it shows a full tank, sometimes it shows empty. Sometimes the sensor is, uh, is broken, and the uh, sensor can be mental and uh, can be physical. So he said that the, the doctor, the, um, the medical office, uh, doctor checked him as everything, everything okay. So something in the, in the mental uh, issue. I think that's really the, 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 as you said, the parents has to take the advice and work together and try to, to release pressure 
and try to to give the the best of of the both sides you know that's right so what exactly what this one said means yes get the kid to a therapist but most importantly get the parents first to a therapist let me ask you one more question until we um, get to a therapist is there anything we can try sure get the parents to the therapist let the parent if the parents feels that they're too controlling have them listen to this recording and uh, let them hear it that they got to start letting go stop telling the kid of their pants is wet don't say anything stop yelling at the kid go to sleep go he's nagging a lot extreme that's the problem I can't give you an answer you need now about 30 hours of information to get educated on how to do it in 30 seconds so if I tell you let go of the kid that's this that's a disservice because the kid needs the balance a kid needs a parent to tell them now it's time to go to sleep a kid needs a parent to tell them change your clothing take a shower most kids don't want to take showers you push them to go and then they feel great and they said oh I'm so happy so what's happening is you tell me that a parent does not have the natural not only natural is missing the skills mm-hmm. on how to be a parent and because the situation is now this dire you want the answer now so I'll share with you what I tell my clients you want an answer now had you come six months ago we would have the answer now so what my answer to you is six months from now Mary Hashem if you continue therapy you will have the answer you're not asking me a oh, yes or no question you're asking a skills-based question that will take the parent and will take the kid several months to learn. So there are no, unfortunately, to therapy, there are no short-term answers. That is the one sad part of the therapy field. And do you have a recommendation of a therapist? Ah, I always recommend relief. Relief does referrals. All I do is create awareness. And now I could start saying with the messages that we're getting lately, and the awareness makes change. Hashem. Okay, one more question about this same child. Um, yeah. Whenever he gets like punished, like go to your room, time out or whatever, um, he, on the way going to the room, he throws something down or hits somebody or yeah. Um, yeah. bangs the wall. Is that related? Of course. Let me explain to you something. Children do not have words to express. Do you know how children express themselves? with pain, screaming, and behavior. So this kid is speaking very clearly. I'm angry at you. What's he saying when he knocks something down? If somebody's in the way or whatever, he just... No, what's he saying? Don't ask his behaviors. What's the body language saying? What is a kid shrieking? Rav Nissan, would you say this kid is just talking or he's shrieking for help? Saying something is wrong with the way I'm being raised. He's screaming to help. So this kid's being sent to his room, and somehow the parents don't have the right skills for this kid. Maybe with other parents they do. And when he's doing, he's breaking things as he's being forced to go to the room. What he's saying is, you might force my physical body, but you're not going to force my mind. I'm going to make your life just as miserable. Unless the parents start going for help. That's okay. the short answer. The short answer is that you got six months to a year of therapy. Well, no, it's not to be therapy. Let it be to a parenting expert. Go to parenting experts. Those people that give parenting workshops, find out they do one-on-one advice too. I would tell you, don't rush the kid to therapy. Let the parents go, both mother and father. Let both of them go to a therapist, to a parenting expert. We're not saying they have parenting issues, what we're saying is with this kid, they might need some guidance. I will definitely forward this information. I thank you very much. But let me ask you a question. Can they listen to this recording? Is this, is this like an archive? Yes. There are going to be two ways. Over here on, on JRoot, they can hear it tomorrow. Is it going to be a special program, Erev Yom Kippur, or are they going to replay the program tomorrow? I, I, you know what? We work on this. I think we have some uh, partly a special program and partly recording. We didn't. We don't decide it uh, the uh, we we still are debating all the, the 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 materials, you know. Okay, so it's either you can they can you can have them listen tomorrow. It's usually played at twelve from twelve to one. It's rebroadcasted. So then the last ten minutes you can have them listen in to the program. They can either listen on the phone to seven one two. What's the number over here? Seven one two four three two four two one seven seven one two four three two four two one seven or seven one eight. 
And definitely or jradio.com, you'll be able to hear it on their website as well. And it will be updated in the in the archive of the the uh, of the jrootradio.com or jrootradio Pro and the apps. That's and right, can... and you could also hear it on my phone line. We'll probably have it also, probably not tomorrow because it's Yom Kippur until they put it on. So I'll probably have a monthly Yom Kippur on my phone line in section three is where we have the recording. But tomorrow live, I'm saying tomorrow you could hear the rebroadcasting on Tuesday that way. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, and I appreciate the information that we're able to create the awareness that so much of parent, so much of children's behavior is based on the parent's knowledge and skill and getting updated, even when we have a difficult child. So, Baruch Hashem, you can be a great parent, and one kid that really, really presses presses our buttons, and again, most likely that kid is similar to our spouse, or sorry, yeah, to our spouse, and. We got to work on ourselves, and we learn, and there is information out there. Yeah, uh, Mordechai, we take Mrs. K. Yeah, we'll okay. go with Mrs. Mrs. K. And we'll finish with her, Mrs. Yes. K. Thank you for calling back. Oh, um, I still have eyes of hearing you. I don't. Well, I... When you were speaking, when you were speaking to the other caller, I heard you louder. Okay, can you ask your question anyhow? Well, not this quick. is what we can deal with right now. What would you like it's to ask? Really, would you like it's to not ask really your question? a quick 10 seconds. Hey, I could try. Um, I, 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 I didn't, my, all my siblings and myself did not get, our emotional needs were not met, being because I, I realized that um, I realized that, that whatever, um... Can we go backwards? I, I like asking questions. First give me the question, then you'll give me the history. What's your question? Well, Remember, this is just an awareness-based. I don't give my answers. Question has we don't... Because my question is, I, I never accepted... I feel like I never accepted my mother's, like, my mother never, I mean, none of my siblings' emotional needs were met. And, like, when my mother tells me, I love you and you mean so much to me, I just never deeply accepted it. I know okay. that my mother... I'll tell you what, I, I hear me. what you're saying, and I'm going to sort of ask you, I, I will tell you, I know my mother... No, no, let's, let's stop here. Let, let's stop here. I feel that there's a lot going on, a lot in your question, and we just try to create an awareness. So maybe the awareness that you can create to, for everyone listening is the importance of parents giving the children the emotional needs when they're younger. Because when, even when you say the words later on, it's not going to go in. There's so much more that's needed. Okay, so I want to thank you. And I appreciate you calling up and calling up twice. And the mm-hmm. Hatzlacha, yes. I, I think it's, yeah, I think for like finding emotional needs is more one-on-one therapy, like having a little time, mm-hmm. you know, giving I, it some time I, for I it to kick in. I can't in. share any more details. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You know, Mordechai, yeah. I know that we finish, uh, finishing, but it's really in the la- this show, it shows that how much, how much we need our parents Oh, you know, and it's unbelievable. And this is a calling to all of us, to all the parents. Our yeah. children need us. You know, it's before Yom Kippur. And really, it doesn't matter how old you are and how old is a child, a so-called child. We need yeah. each other. That's right. And if we don't get a parents, if we realize how much we're investing... Sometimes parents think, what's the big deal when I just read my kid a story? What's the big deal if it's now coming up Halamite and I spend some time with a family? You don't have to go anywhere expensive, just to a park, spending time with the kids. The emotional connection, just sitting next to a kid on a swing, the emotional connection of just throwing a ball, the emotional connection of just walking somewhere. And if you've got more finances, the emotional connection of if you're taking your kid 
to a concert or something, or to a play, or if you're taking them to a rav to get a bracha, the point is not what you're doing. The point is that you're doing it together. You're saving yourself thousands of dollars in therapy, most importantly, happiness. You, your children, there is such a need, such a need. And I'm just going to say something. I hope everyone takes it the right way. There is such a need for children to get a hug and a kiss from their parents. The physical touch, the amount of clients that are coming in and tell me that they have a difficulty with touch with their children, let's say, that up to a young age they could do, but after that they have a tough time touching, and you'd hear they never got naturally us adults Children, we need it. I'm talking about healthy, appropriate between parents, but I still need to say it for us to be aware that hug, that kiss means so much. And if you're a family that you're not huggy, kissy type, just your hand on the shoulder of a parent saying, I'm very proud of you, a tap on the back. It is so important for us to have it. Look at little kids, two, three years old. They sit on you. Sitting next to you isn't good enough. They want to be on you. They need to feel that's what we need. So the importance of this and the saying and bringing out is let's take care of our children. Let's give them the needs. And if your kid doesn't have problems, realize it's because you did everything right. It means you've done the right steps. So don't look at it as if now or why should I do it or, it's gonna per- or, or what do I see? I don't see the changes. You see it later on how many years of therapy is needed to correct the lack that wasn't given the first couple of years. Yes, Sir of Nissen. Yes. Thank you for that. So true. Thank you all for calling up, Sir of Nissen, for this amazing program. The Schussim are huge, and I appreciate for letting me be part of this amazing radio program. Thank you. And we say, Amen. Amen.